Annette Martin, world-famous psychic detective, medical intuitive, ghost detective, and author, brings you Annette Martin's Psychic World. You may have seen her on television, heard her on hundreds of radio shows, or even read her books. Here she is, live on Annette Martin's Psychic World. Welcome, I'm Annette Martin, and Annette Martin's Psychic World is produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Well, you know, being a medical intuitive at age seven, seeing and talking to ghosts as a child, having a singing career at ten years old, and then developing into a professional psychic detective has been quite an adventure for me. And today, sharing these gifts with you gives me great pleasure. And for the next hour, my guests and I will create a place to enlighten, entertain, and empower you. We can talk about everything except police cases. I only work with the police directly pertaining to missing persons. So if you do have a police case, please contact me by email at annette at closureforyou.com. Well, our lines are open at 646-652-2071, where you can ask our guests a question or ask for my psychic impressions about your life. Remember to give us your first name and only one question per caller. And we can talk about your love life, any type of relationships that you have, life direction, your health, ghosts, and even paranormal experiences. Well, today we were supposed to have a very special guest, the famous award-winning author and paranormal investigator, Brad Steiger. But I just received an email from him telling me that he is in bed with a very bad stomach flu and fever. And so he sadly will not be able to be on the show today. But we will definitely have Brad Steiger back, and I am really looking forward to talking with him. But we do have someone who is going to be our guest, and her name is Jen Ward, who will be starting her new show on Hear Women Talk next week. So, hello, Jen Ward. How are you? Hello, Annette. Nice to talk with you. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, well, it's wonderful, and thank you so much for doing this at the last minute. I think this is just wonderful. You know, that is what is so wonderful about Hear Women Talk, is that all of the women seem to get together and and help each other, and so I think that is just absolutely wonderful. Yes, that's amazing to me, too. It, It seems like it's been set up with society in some forms for women to pit themselves against each other, and it seems like it's take some training for people not to do that so this is a wonderful experience and you know loving other women i appreciate that I think it's wonderful, you, you know, because we've kind of lost touch with that. I think because we're out there in the world and we're running and we're doing so many different things that we we have forgotten to have that camaraderie with other women, and especially women who seem to have the same ideas and, and the same uh, thrust out there in the world to help other people and, and to do wonderful things for people. Yeah, so I... The female, the female experience is amazing, and it's 
it's underestimated in so many ways. So it's wonderful to to empower the female to to just bring the love back into the world through the female empowerment. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I I did predict a couple of years ago that women were really going to be coming into their own. And it certainly seems to be happening. I mean, goodness sakes, look at the political scene. <laughs> we have a lot of women out there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good reflection of, of what's happening with the female energy coming back into the forefront. And, and the women have a way of being intuitive that their male energy doesn't have. Um, but it's also none have a aspect of the female energy that they can embrace as well. So it's not all or nothing. So it's like embracing the shades of male and female energy within themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, um, I, I do intuitive sessions on people. It was really strange. It, it just evolved when I was an adult, um, overcoming all the conflict in my own life, or a lot of it, and going to massage therapy uh, school, I just became more and more intuitive, and I could feel the energy in a person's body, but I could also move it without touching them. And mm-hmm. then I had some experiences where I actually had people call me up, and I would start moving their energy over the phone as if I was touching them in person. And with with really good results, I had a friend who had diverticulosis, and she didn't want to go to the hospital. She didn't, she was terrified, so she called me in the middle of the night, and I I talked her through it, but I could feel the energy moving through her and released the the trauma of it or whatever. And and the diverticulosis went away, and it never returned for her. Oh, so, how wonderful! Yeah, so it's just, and it's not something that I really studied for consciously in this lifetime. It just kind of developed from listening intently to people and wanting to help them so bad that it just it just took on a life of its own. Whatever it is I do, the emotional release healing that I do for people. It's moving the stagnant energy out of them so they can heal themselves. It can be pretty dynamic. Do you have any idea exactly how it works? Yeah. I, yeah, what I do is is totally based on metaphysical, sociological principles. So I tell people whatever I do, they can do too. And it's using... Um, the physical apparatuses of senses that that are subtle, but they're they're based in the physical realm. So anybody can tap into their own. And what I I get a sense of people's energy. I get a sense that whenever two people are connected and and there's an openness between them, that they exchange information. That's why loving a a pet or hugging a baby or just hugging someone is so healing because the the nervous systems of the two people are exchanging information and healing mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. So so I just think love is the the conduit and I love everybody in the moment when I'm working on someone. I love them as much as a dear one loves them and in that conduit of love I feel whatever they're feeling and I can move it through them as if I'm moving it through myself and they get relief. 
I think that's wonderful. You, you know, it, it's interesting because the gal that I have gone to for over 30 years uh, for massages, uh, I've known her that long. And she was quite young, of course, when she started. And what has developed with her being a massage uh, therapist as well, doing deep tissue massage, Mm-hmm. She also has been able to heal people. And I've asked her many times, well, you know, Dixie, how do you feel uh, when it happens? What What is actually happening with you? And she explained it, you know, very similarly that when she puts her hands on the body, she can feel where the disturbances are, not only knowing where the muscles are all bound up or the ligaments are all bound up, but she can also feel the energy that is bound up there and send just send love and light to that spot and it just releases and lets go yeah is that what you do as a medical intuitive no uh what Uh uh-huh don't you do that you see it because i I can do it without touching a person now i can see where the energy is stagnant and go in and and you know break it up like you would would untangle a ball of yarn, kind of. Right. Well, yes, I do. And in fact, uh, I call it uh, my white goop. <laughs> and I started using my white goop because I, I was teaching uh, a great deal and I had a class of about 25 people and all of a sudden uh, I saw my son and I saw that he was very ill and I thought oh my gosh you know here I am teaching the class and there he is at home and so what happened was all of a sudden I saw all this white light come into my body Mm-hmm. And it kind of got mixed up, and it kind of looked like uh, a cross between uh, cottage cheese and sour cream, <laughs> if you can imagine. And I thought, oh, I'm going to send this to my son, Scott. And so I did. And so I just visualized him, and I just sent it to him. All right, and then I went on with the class. Well, I got home, and uh, I find my son laying on the couch, and he's moaning and groaning. And And uh, he said, oh, Mom, thank you so much for all that white goop stuff that you sent. (laughs) I said, what? (laughs) He goes, yeah, all of a sudden I was laying here, and oh, my gosh, I was just covered with all this white goop. I mean, it was just kind of like sour cream and cottage cheese. (laughs) I was was shocked. Okay, (laughs) I was really shocked. And it was the very first time that uh, I had ever done that. And so, of course, I've continued to do that um, with my clients or, or people who really uh, want to have some healing. Yeah, I, I like to, whenever I take a client on, I like to teach them as many techniques as they can so they don't feel dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. Because right. Because yeah, as part of the healing, it's important for people to stay in their center of their universe. And I tried to explain to people that they are the sun of their universe. And when you deal with other people, always don't ever leave your orbit to go into someone else's orbit. You stay in your center, and you welcome people into your center for assistance. But you are the sun of your universe. And as that sun, you radiate with that light and that love and that healing energy. And when you're centered, you can send that out to everyone. So just that visual in itself is healing for people to to have. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And what I do is I teach my clients also to use white light, which, mm-hmm. of course, is part of, of this white goop that I use. But mm-hmm. the white light is something that we need to be embracing ourselves with all of the time. And it, it's the same thing. You and I are doing the exact same thing but using different words and different terminology. And so what I say to my clients is that bring in the white light through the frontal lobe and allow it to come through your body and to move out into your aura so that you are encased in this wonderful loving energy and within that you can help yourself you can do anything you can heal yourself you can go about doing whatever it is that you need to do and don't let negativity come towards you and don't take it in and of course as you and I both uh, do I'm sure I, I have many clients of course who have been sort of bombarded by negative energy and so they don't they take it on and I even have a lot of uh, psychic counselors who come to see me because they've taken it on and they don't know what to do they they themselves have become very negative and down and they feel depressed and and so what they've done is they've taken the negative energy of other people and mm-hmm. allowed it to come through the auric field into them, into their body. Yes. And it so, has sat there. Yes, and so what I do in sessions is I release that for them because at that point they're not able to do it for themselves, but then they need to be educated in how not to do that in the future. They should be just conduits for that energy to flush through if that's their purpose to do that. Sometimes people get involved in other people's problems when it's really none of their concern um, and they come out of their center like I was talking about to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so they have to yeah. always trust and, and tune into their inner gut feeling and what their heart's telling them because sometimes the universe will tell you to help this person this is this is good for you to help them and another time it'll it'll send you a signal to just shut down and let them have their experiences so then you can gauge how not to get out of your sense does that make sense Oh, yes, absolutely. And you know what, Jen? We're going to take a short break right now. So if you are on the line, hold on, and we'll get right back to you. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Having trouble with career, love, health, family, friends, your life in general? Hi, I'm Annette Martin, psychic detective, medical intuitive, and ghost detective. In my practice for the past 40 years, I've helped thousands of folks with their problems. And you may have seen me on television or heard me on the radio throughout the years, and more recently on Annette Martin's Psychic World. To learn more about my work, go to annette-martin.com. Look for the button in the upper left-hand corner of the homepage that says, Make an Appointment. That's annette-martin.com. That's galore. 
Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver. Life is good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot.com. Are you spending more time than you want booking appointments for your business? Optimize.com can free you up from answering phones, booking appointments, and rescheduling. All these clerical duties can be automated for you with Optimize.com. Optimize.com seamlessly integrates with your website and manages all your appointment scheduling and rescheduling. You and your customers will receive reminders by email and text messages. Optimize.com supports your business needs, whether you have one-on-one appointments, classes, workshops, or seminars. Sign up with Optimize.com for our 30-day free trial. That's Octo. M-I-Z-E dot com. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Annette Martin's Psychic World. We've been talking to our guest, Jen Ward, who is an empath and a healer, and she also does energy releases. So we have been talking about energy. And so if anyone would like to call in and ask us a question, you can either ask Jen a question or you can ask me a psychic question, which I can answer for you. So, Jen, let's kind of go back and uh, when did you start doing all of this work? Um, I think when I went to massage school, I started to understand what I was doing because I had a lot of support then. I was always a real cryy child and I had a real dysfunctional upbringing. So my theory, and looking back, is that a lot of people who go through a lot of trauma and a lot of of bad experiences are just being groomed to be the healer that they'll become. I think the most loving people on the planet have to come through the most trials to, like, prepare themselves for what they'll do. So somehow I, I made it through. I, I started getting um, body talk. Have you ever heard of body talk? No, I haven't. Why don't you explain that to us? Well, it's a form of uh, energy release um, started by um, a gentleman, I don't even remember his name, in Australia. And it has to do with um, the EFT tapping, and it has to do with tuning in to the innate intelligence of the being, the, the part of the person that knows everything that's going on that, that the physical body denies knowing. So in my sessions, I kind of do a little bit of that. I tune into the over-soul of the person so I can know what they really need to work on instead of what they think they they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
so I, I did some sessions of the body talk, and it, it seemed to make me really a lot more sensitive to energy and, and to get over a lot of the, sh the trials of my earlier life. And then I was able to, to I, I could pick up modalities really easily, like cranial sacral and myofascial mm -hmm. release and acupressure, all that. It was just second nature. And I just used all those techniques in one session because I, I just think it was like uh, uh, going through the fast track when I was in <laughs> school and, and learning all the energy things really quick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with you that those who have been through a lot of trial and tribulation earlier in their life, uh, I know I had a lot of uh, trial and tribulation uh, after I found out that I was uh, very intuitive at the age of seven. And it was very difficult. It, it was very difficult. And I think that what it does, it kind of makes you, <clears throat> excuse me, really go into yourself and I and of course that is the important thing, correct? It is to go into ourselves and to find out who we are, and what we are, where we want to go, what is it that we want to do, and so those of us who have had a lot of hardships, I think uh, it becomes a little easier for us. Yeah, I I look at it as I I really believe that I've had most human human experiences in this lifetime that are part of the human condition so I have empathy and sympathy for anyone who comes to me um, I'm not sure if you know this but a couple years ago I was actually um, starved and tortured near death and came back from that experience oh my was, goodness <laughs> yeah I'm sorry I thought you might have known about that but no I don't it was beautiful for the healing work because any any experience that, say, a soldier would have or someone who was imprisoned or or even when I was imprisoned, I had sympathy, or I had jealousy of the people from Auschwitz because I was being starved and I was being isolated, but I was doing it all alone. So I envied the people at Auschwitz because they had companionship while, while that was happening to them. So oh, I my gosh. I know, isn't that an interesting point of view? Yes, yes it is. Well, why don't you tell us some more about that? What, how did you get to that place? Well, when I, when I became a massage therapist and I started doing energy work on people, it really took me by surprise at the results I, I had gotten. And being, having such a traumatic upbringing, I was like, like a love-starved, you know, female. And that never goes away unless you get fed. So this this good-looking, well, I thought he was good-looking at the time, younger man took took um, put his attention on me, and I was doing energy releases on him. And he was so grateful. He wanted to take care of me. And he was, I was being drawn slowly into his delusions. And because I'm so intuitive, I could see his reality and I could see his delusions and whatever and see the world through his delusions which weren't pleasant and um, so we ended up living together he wanted to take care of me and make my life easier and we were just roommates but then he started to become more and more controlling and stop listening to 
my intuition and then he turned the tables and he thought that I was controlling him and that I was evil and that it was his job to get me there alone and to destroy the evil in me. So oh then, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so so he cut off my food, um, just a bowl of rice a day, um, moved me into the basement. I I was I had to work outside from before sunrise to after sunset every day, all during the winter. Every single day, and you had to work outside. What, what do you mean? I had to work. I had to do work in the in the woods, like the work of three men a day. I had to cut down huge trees, pull out big stumps. I had to do anything that he said. So, and, in other words, you were living out in the woods somewhere. We were living on a property where the um, we had a neighbor on each side, and. Um, and they were, they kind of left us alone. It was like 13 acres, and I was sent out every morning to, to do the work, and I could come in after sunset, and I would get a bowl of rice, maybe, each day. He would tell me when to eat, when to sleep. I only got a minute shower a day. He, he sleep deprived me, uh, whatever, but that was part of my experience. And so I learned a lot from it because because through that experience I learned that I was at peace with nature and um, I just it was a, a really good time when I wasn't um, interacting with him to self-reflect and to work out a lot of my own issues yes well tell us how did you get away well here's, <laughs> here's the thing he really he really never he took all my money he took he took. He had my dog, so I would have maybe left sooner. But he had my dog, and I wouldn't have been able to take my dog. So I had to let go of my dog. And um, it got to the point where I was so weak and so sick, I was going to die there. I was having bed spins, and I couldn't go out for the daily um, mental abuse that I was about to embark. Every morning we would go for a walk on the property, and he would mentally uh, abuse me and physically make me go through hoops and everything so it got to the point where I couldn't I couldn't even stand I was so thin and so weak and I told him I can't I can't do it today and so he told me I had to get outside and he goes um, no food no food for two days and you know at that point I was eating my dog's dog food to survive and I was um, going to the garbage for apple peels to survive but he caught me and he said if I ever catch you stealing my food from the garbage, I'll punch you in the stomach until you throw it up. So, you know, wow. I was terrified. Yeah, so, so anyway, so one day he said, okay, come, you, if you can't go for the walk, you just have to come outside. So I had the wherewithal, it was like divine intervention where I put my ID papers in my pants and went outside. And I put on my sneakers instead of my work boots, which were very heavy. So he locked me outside and he wouldn't talk to me and he said no food for two days. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I just walked away. I left my dog. Now, there were times when I tried to leave before and my dog would follow me. So I would come back because I didn't want my dog to be hurt. I loved my dog. But this time I was like so, so far gone that I knew I had to leave my dog there. 
And so it was really interesting because my dog knew too because that was the one time my dog didn't follow me. My dog let me go. And mm. my, dog, my dog knew that I needed to go. Before this incident, before I left and I was getting really weak and sick, my dog did something funny that he had never done is he ran off the property and ran to the neighbor's house, which was very far away. And I never realized what he was doing until I came back here. And I realized after a few months of being back that my dog went and tried to get me help. He was running to the neighbors to try to save me. And um, it, Really? Yeah. I, I love my animal communications. I, I just love my pets because I know how how deep and how much they love and that's another thing that I share with people is the relationship with their pets and their their plants are sacred it's really kind of beautiful and so that's something else that was groomed within me during that time away so it it, it, it was good time served right oh my goodness yes well we have a phone call and we have Jessica on the line and I do believe that she has a question for you Jen okay hi Jen hi Jessica how are you (laughs) I'm good how are you hon I'm good I heard you were on today um I I actually I have a question for you and I I just want to say as well that I I've heard your story several times and every time I just I really am just so thankful for you and the work that you're doing in the world right now and you're just uh, you really you know I don't know who's listening but I've had been able to have receive a session with Jen before and the work that we did during that session is still still really resonates with um with kind of the the direction that my life is continuing to move, so I'm super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But my my question is, <laughs> um, have you ever worked with anybody who's given their children up for adoption? Um, <laughs> not not particularly that connection. I I've done it with people who have adopted children, and um. Yeah, and I think I think what I get it's kind of universal. The children go where they're supposed to go for the most part, and um, and so when people have adopted children, they they feel a little guilty that their child doesn't look like them, or that you know they haven't given birth to this child. So I say right to the child, uh, six years old, seven year old, that you and your mama usually it's the mother you and your mama went through so much to get to each other it's just a voyage of love to get you two together and it seems to be what the children need to hear and the same thing with giving a child up for adoption I think it's such a sacred gift that a mother can do for her child is to give it to someone who she may get a nudge but that is where the child's journey lies and that is such a selfless gift to give to this child so I haven't directly but I'd be happy to work with them to alleviate any of that guilt they're feeling well actually I have 
a, I have given up a child for adoption, and she is 12 now. Mm-hmm. And there has been some, um, and so I and so I've I ha- I've had people tell me that you know you're communicating with your child, and I don't know. I mean, this might be a question too for the host as well. Like that, you communicate with there's there's lines of communication also that are open between you know you and you and your child and I feel I don't feel like I don't feel guilty I don't have I, I think I've done a lot of work releasing those sorts of things but um, I guess my question for you Jen is is like do you think that a, like a mother a birth mother and their child um, have still have like bonds or communication mm-hmm. with one another even on like a spiritual level well she I feel your daughter she's very much like you and 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 knowing you and what a loving soul you are and how independent you are, it almost makes sense that you would give up someone that was so similar to you because two, it's almost like two beta fishes in the same tank. They, they wouldn't do well together. She is such a little vibrant pistol, and she has a lot of your genetic <coughs> propensities. So it would make sense that you would have to send her out while she's young so she can be her own person as opposed to just spending many years button heads with you. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, Jessica, I'd, I'd like to step in for a minute too and say to you that yes, most definitely, it has been my experience that mothers who have given up their child for adoption, that there is always this uh, very... Um, energy that is connecting the two of them together that that is always there so my advice to you is that if you do want to send her messages and tell her that you do love her and that you know that she is in a better place than what you could have done for her you can do that and all you need to do is see that in your mind and and see uh, make a picture in your mind of telling her that that she's standing right there in front of you and you're sending this message to her intuitively okay 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 and she's I, really she's really parallel to you it's really kind of interesting and i think you always feel her there and it's like it's okay because you're so independent and matter of fact about your independence that you understand that she is too and on some level i believe she's very grateful for you because she is happy where she is does that make sense i i yeah and i i mean i believe that we've had some written communication for the first time and and i guess i i had one uh, there was one other person who did some who did a spiritual reading um an energy reading with me a couple of years ago and she was very could very much say what you were saying jen about feeling the presence and then the same thing with you um and that it you know just it, that you can talk to her whenever you want you know and i just didn't know if like that you know if that was like a common you know question you know um birth mothers don't typically it, you know more emphasis in society is is even placed on like you know the, the adoptive family and and that sort of thing instead of you know what instead of what you know the 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 birth mother's experience and so because it's very it's a it's, it has to be a psychic experience because it's not a physical experience afterwards well, right society i think they uh, so, so here's the thing i think a lot of guilt that people feel in their their physical life are in, are, are outerly induced 
If people are left to their own devices, they don't feel the guilt. So there's no guilt in, like, doing the best thing for this child. But then other people aren't as strong to listen to their own gut feeling and say, no, this is right, and they'll succumb to the guilt and make themselves miserable. So I, I think you're very strong in, in what you did, and you listened to your gut, and you did the right thing. And I think maybe, and who knows, maybe in 20 years, this child may be a friend of yours because because you did what was right for her. I mean, I, I think it's a beautiful relationship, and yes, there is a relationship there. You don't have to... You don't have to see someone every single minute for them to have a relationship with you. Uh, so much of who we are is is under the surface anyways, then what's the difference? Right. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Annette. No, thank you so much, Jessica, for calling in. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Great show. Thank you. Bye. Love to you. Bye-bye. Jen, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, since you were a victim, um, oh, have you? Victim, by the way. But have you been? Uh, have you had uh, more people come to you that have felt that they were a victim in uh, circumstances? I don't. To be honest, I don't let anybody use the vict- word "victim" who comes to me, because a victim, there's an energetic feel to the word victim that means less than or that things have come happened to you beyond your control and I, I believe that everybody brings the uh, experiences to them on some level they may not feel like positive experiences but through unworthiness or or past karmic history with this person they bring experiences on that that may be cleansing I mean, I don't even know what my experience was with this person who did this. Maybe he did the world a service like he thought by making me a better healer. So on some level, what he did, did serve humanity in a sense, because I'm so much clearer to be helpful to others. So it gets kind of muddled when you use the word victim, you make it black and white. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, uh uh-huh, yeah, that that does. We have another caller on the line for us. Uh, I believe her name is Esther. Hi, Esther. Hello. How are you? Hi, how are you today? Great, great. Where are you calling from, Esther? I'm in in San Mateo, California. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Not very far away from my (laughs) office in Campbell, California. (laughs) No, which I tried to make an appointment once. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But we had to reschedule. Uh, Oh, you were sick. (laughs) Uh, But I I intend on actually uh, making another appointment with you coming soon. Um, But anyways, for my question, um, sorry to get off the subject. Um, It's okay to ask anything, right? Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this pertains to my 12-year-old son. Um, his name is Nicholas, and he's in the seventh grade, and he's having issues in school as far as, like, um, academics and um, socializing lately. It's just just he's been having, like, a tough time, and I'm wondering if um, you could pick up on anything about him maybe uh, improving or something along those lines, things looking up for him. He doesn't have to struggle so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I'm getting uh, that's going on with Nicholas is, is that, first of all, uh, he's going through puberty. 
And, num- yes. and that's a very difficult time of life, <laughs> as we all know, which we've all gone through. But Nicholas uh, is having a lot of trouble because he's growing. And when the yes. child is growing, honey, what happens is that the brain just kind of goes kitty wampus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, pretty he is much. also ADHD. I should probably mention too. He was. Well, diagnosed. I was just going to. I picked that up already. <laughs> and and <laughs> so between that and growing, he is really having a difficult time. So what I mm-hmm. see is his brain. He's kind of his right brain and his left brain, kind of going, <clears throat> excuse me, back and forth, and, and not being able to hold on to concepts. He can't focus. He he's having a lot yeah. of difficulty focusing. Which I've um, been struggling with the thought of medication and things. I'm trying to do it the more natural way. If he'd stick on his diet, but <laughs> yeah, the but the I food yeah the food diet uh, Esther is really the best thing. Okay, he needs it's worked a, before, but yeah. Him being older now and his, uh, you know, he sneaks a lot of things and then I had him walking home with his friend and then they'd end up stopping at Burger King or the ice cream truck so that didn't do me any good and, uh, so it's yeah. one of those things, you know, and maybe, I yeah. don't know, he's the only child and, I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, I feel that this is just really a very, very hard time for him. All right. But oh, you yeah. need to for get. All of us over this. Right. You need to get more protein into his body. The more protein he has, the less he will want the sugar. Okay. And the more he can stay away from the sugar, the better the brain will work. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've had now, success in the past with diet and him. That's why it's so he's so much more he's obstinate now and <laughs> so right. it's kind of a Right. Did you it, sneak that today? Did you sneak that, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'll tell you what. It, what I think that you ought to do, this type of psychology that I think you should work on him, is that for him not to, um, don't badger him about it, but just tell him, look, you know, mm-hmm. Nicholas, if you want to feel better, if you want to do well in school, these are the things that you need to do. And I'm not going to keep asking you every single day, did you do this, did you do that? But you need yeah. to take responsibility for yourself, and you need to take responsibility responsibility for your body and your brain and so you know honey it's up to you whether you you want to be healthy and happy and see what he says okay yeah see what he says to you and ask him if he wants to be healthy and and if he wants to do well in school and let him answer it for you Okay. Okay, but that's the way I feel that you need to address him psychologically with that. Okay. There's also another aspect. Do you mind, Esther, if I, I tell you what I'm picking up? Oh, no, definitely. Go ahead. Okay, so he's a real sensitive child, and he's really reflective, yes. and you know how he doesn't challenge you a lot? He, he doesn't yeah. challenge correct? So he's frustrated with inconsistencies. It's like, has mm-hmm. there been times in the past when you promise to do something and then it doesn't happen? You know, I'm pretty good with keeping my promises. I mean, but, I really, like, that's one thing I try to do is, in, you know, if I promise him something, he gets it. But my also my thing is, I guess, my husband and I battle about all the time is, um, 
you know, enforcing like bad rules, like telling them, no, you can't do that because you've done this. See, I'm not good at in being the yes. enforcer <laughs> of the rules in that way. He's so <laughs> with a lack of consistency. He needs very clear boundaries because of the ADH and because he's a sensitive soul. He's looking to you to be bigger than him. And when he doesn't feel like you know what you're saying, very clear cut, he feels unsafe and insecure and he's turning to the food as a way of um, dealing with it. So he needs yeah. very strong boundaries. He needs to know that you and your, his dad are on the same page and that you're very strong, very firm. You don't have to feel it inside. I mean, you can fake it. You need to fake it, but you need to, once you say something to him, that needs to be the law, and you can talk about it. Yeah, later. No. you're right. And he, when he gets that structure and he doesn't sense, because he's very sensitive, he senses your wishy-washy and makes him feel yeah. unsafe. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be more... I try consistent. not to be that <laughs> Defensive. Sounds like I'm talking to my husband. I could have called him at work. <laughs> yeah, he needs he needs he needs you and your husband to be on the same page, and he needs you to be consistent within yourself. If you say something, stick with it, because he's he's feeling he's got enough changes. He doesn't need you to be wishy washy. Not that I'm saying you're wishy washy, but he needs you. No, to I am a little wishy washy. I don't enforce it. I can't. No, I, I have a problem punishing him. <laughs> It doesn't have oh, to be that is a my bad problem. punishment. It's not about punishment. It's actually a form of nurturing him because he wants yeah. those foundations. It's not a bad thing to give people children structure. They need it. They crave it. They starve for it. So it's our perception of discipline as being bad for them. It's just the opposite. And I think that's what's wrong with society. We think that if we are firm with our children, it means we don't love them because of our own experiences. But it's more work to discipline them. It's more work to put those structures into place, and it's more work to maintain them. So you're doing more yeah. for your child by doing that. And he'll understand it when he's like 25, but not right now. Right. He certainly won't understand it right now, but he will. <laughs> he will. I think and I'm Esther. so opposite. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, go I ahead. think I'm so opposite because the way I grew up with the fact exactly. that uh, the firm hand and the you know strict rules, I was like, I'll never be that way. You know, but my father, then again, he took it to the extreme in ways. Right, and you're not so. There. You're not there. No. So even if you went to the extreme of you thought you were horrific, you wouldn't be as bad as your father. You would just you're too loving and kind to be that. So you. you by being afraid of, by it's almost like you're trying to work out your own issues with your son, and it's not working. You have to be the yeah. consistent parent. It's a really yeah. I just I get emotional when it comes, but you know I will work on that because all I do is I want the best for him. Like I said, this is a struggle, and I'm down to do whatever it takes. So <laughs> right. But, um, <laughs> can you can you like touch on anything with him? Do you think he will pull through? Uh, do you see him coming out in the bright end or? Uh, yes, Esther, I, I do. I do see him coming out. And I think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take, you know, maybe maybe three or four years. But me. I do feel. Yeah. And, and it will take you, too. But, you know, one of the things, the last thing I want to say to you, Esther, because we are going to have to take a break, is that you need to yeah. breathe. You need to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you do not breathe. <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> Relax. Let go. Let go. And teach him to, to be responsible for himself. Okay? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Sure thank does. you so much. Okay, well, thank you, Annette. I'll be looking uh-huh. forward to scheduling an appointment with you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it's time to take a short break. So if you are on the line, do hold on because we're going to be right back with Annette Martin's Psychic World. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area, and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Sue Ann Gleason, founder of Conscious Bites Nutrition, a.k.a. Radiant Life Expert. You know the phrase, beauty is only skin deep? Well, I'm here to tell you that radiance is life deep. Do you ever wonder what it would be like to wake up every day completely satisfied with your weight, your vitality, and your life? Join me on September 22nd for a life-altering teleclass series. I'm calling it, I Want What She's Having. Look good, feel great, and reclaim a fit, radiant, and rockin' new you. For more information or to grab that early bird special, just go to the current events page at ConsciousBitesNutrition.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, ConsciousBitesNutrition.com. Or look for me at Conscious Bites on Hear Women Talk, where I share recipes and culinary tips guaranteed to rock your nutritional world. Conscious Bites, Radio Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Annette Martin's Psychic World. We've been talking to our guest today, Jen Ward, who is also going to be having her own show next week. So, Jen, tell us, what day are you going to be starting and what time? It's going to be Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and it's, um, yeah, what time? Oh, very (laughs) good. (laughs) I'm really excited about it because... um, there's a lot of universal things that come up in sessions that could help many people if they could just have the techniques to to get back into their center and um, and and sometimes I think people get releases through talking over their radio waves. Um, I really believe that. So hopefully some people will be uplifted just by tuning in. That's that's what my hope is. Okay. And yeah, are you going to be taking questions from people or yeah. doing readings? Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be taking questions and doing what I can to help people. Very good. And what do you actually call yourself? Do you call yourself an empath and a healer? I don't. <laughs> this is a point of contention. I don't call myself anything. The, and it's frustrating for people because they don't know how to put a label on me. Right. <laughs> I'm an intuitive, empathic, um, a Reiki master. I am a Singoma. 
and um, which is a, a traditional African shaman, if you can believe that. My goodness. <laughs> and I am intuitive and, yeah, yeah, a clairvoyant. I don't know what all those words mean, but I think I am those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does a clairvoyant mean, Annette? Pardon me? What is a clairvoyant? Do you know? When, uh, a clairvoyant is someone who can see very clearly and can see the past, the present, and the future. And that's what I am. I am a, okay. a, a clairvoyant. Uh huh. Plus okay. uh, many other things <laughs> yeah. that I do yeah. too. Right. Yeah. And so and, you um, said. I also, I also do the animals. I do animal communications and emotional releases for animals. And I find lost pets. I have a knack at finding lost pets. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's how I became friends with Muriel Hemingway is I found her lost pet over Twitter. And um usually when pets are lost it's not because it's not because they don't know their own way home, it's because they go into primal mode once they're lost and they get all upset. So what I do is I do an emotional release on the pet and then they just come gingerly walking home like and they're fine. So I have a good record for that. Uh-huh. And how long have you been doing pets? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I was doing it before I, I left. I was in Virginia for, or I was like, you know, gone for a while. So it feels like I've always known how to connect with the animals. Mm-hmm. But it's been before, before, about eight years, doing the um, emotional releases to the pets. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very good. And are you doing Reiki on them? Is that how you're working with the animals? Um, Reiki, yeah. Actually, but to the emotional release, some people don't like Reiki. They can't handle the Reiki, and and they say, I don't know. For some reason, I can't take the Reiki, and it's because they have so much stagnant energy in them already. Reiki is putting more energy into them, and they can't handle it. So what I do is I pull the stagnant energy out first, and then I put the healing Reiki energy into them. So it's mm-hmm. more efficient, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. When you do the lost animals, do you, how do you do that? Do you do that through uh, psychometry using a photo, or no, no? I, I'd rather not have photos. For for one thing, pets don't always look like what they think they look like. Lots of times pets think they're a lot bigger than they are. You'll get lots of little dogs, and I'll, I'll get an image of a big dog, and then they're really small. And they have, they have <laughs> inflated images of themselves. So it's better for me not to go on the, the photos, and then um, I just see them in my, I see them inwardly, and it's better to go through that. Like mm-hmm. when I did Muriel Hemingway's dog, I saw Bindu in, inwardly, and he looked the same as the photo of him. And so that was my validation that I was accurate and I I went forth and contacted Muriel with that. Uh, that's interesting, yeah, because I use the process of psychometry, and so I need to hold the photo of the animal, and I get the energy off of the aura of the animal. So, you know, it I just find it fascinating how different people do it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it distracting, so it's funny. I, when mm. people want to bring their photos to me, I'll just send them to you then from now on because I don't work that way at all. Uh, it's almost like the love is the conduit. They love their pet. They love their relatives. So whoever they have that conduit of love with, I can just travel on that love and know what I need to know. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. 
Very good. Very good. We have one more caller, Jen. So let's go to the phone and talk to Julie. Hi, Julie. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. Hi, I have a Oh, great. Thank you so much. I have a question for you, Annette. Okay. Um, yes, I wanted to know when you see my finances improving and when you see me moving. Okay, your finances. Uh, I don't see them improving for, I'm getting the number four, and that could mean uh, four months. I don't think it's four weeks, but I think it's four months. I do see you moving, and it looks like next year. Do you know when next year? Uh, it looks to me like the springtime, yes. I, I saw a, a leaf of um, a, a branch with uh, the spring flowers on it, so it's the springtime. Okay. okay. All right, but okay, it's going to it's gonna be okay, Julie. All right? <laughs> okay, you'll thanks be, a lot. You'll be fine. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Jen, uh, we're coming to the end of the show, and I do want to make sure that we talk about where people can find you. Uh, can you give us the address of your website? Yes, my website is Genuine Healing, spelled with a J, J-E-N-U-I-N-E, Healing, just one word, GenuineHealing.com. And I have a blog, so I have interesting blogs there to help, you know, techniques there. They can find me on Twitter, too, um, at Genuine Healing is my Twitter address, so I'd love people to connect with me there, too. Very good. And so that's J-E-N-U-I-N-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Genuine Healing. I love that. That is really wonderful. Well, Jen, it has been really so nice talking with you today, and I have really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for coming in at the last minute. This this has been wonderful, and I want to wish you all the luck with your new show on HearWomenTalk.com. You're wonderful. Thank you. Nice Well, thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for those of you who are new listeners, you might enjoy reading my new biography, Gift of the White Light. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. And it's filled with tales of ghosts, murder, and adventures galore. Well, next week, my guest will be Dr. Pamela Heath, anesthesiologist, author, and parapsychologist. She's a very interesting lady, so I do hope that you will tune in for this interesting show. Until then... May the white light be with you.